Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed, and on today's show, we're actually excited to talk about a Paris Saint-Germain loss because the 1-0 loss to Bayern and the 3-3 draw in aggregate means PSG through to the semifinals of the Champions League. You gotta love those crazy rules. Uh, joining me today, we have James Teague in Dallas. We've got JC in the Bay Area. And perhaps we may have Carl Oscar Kalstrom over in Sweden. We might have him later in the show. He's wrapping up a house party. If you follow him on Twitter, he's posting pictures of a board game or something. So if he can finish up, maybe he'll be able to join us. But I'm pleased to have you guys here to talk about this uh, match and the exciting result. That means we go on to the semifinals. I do hope that everyone's blood pressure has come down. I hope that you were able to sleep well last night. Um, and usually we kind of banter a little bit in the beginning, but I want to jump right into this match because people on Twitter are just, you know, they're coming at me with pitchforks. They're like, where's the content? We want to hear what you guys have to say. So let's just jump right into it. My first question uh, for James T, I want to ask you, when you look at the, the tie, you look at the two matches, did the best team advance? Everyone wants to talk about that XG expected goals and, and possession and all of that. But what do your eyes tell you? Did the best team, PSG, did they advance or do you think Bayern outplayed PSG? Ooh. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, you, you threw in that extra, do, you, do I think that Bayern outplayed PSG? Um, yeah, for the most part, I, I do. I do think that, um, especially in the first leg, that that was those 31 shots. Um I, I thought they got outplayed in the first leg, and and um, we just happened to get ours in the net when they counted. Um, did the best team win? I think definitely the the best available team won between you know who had who had things left uh, at the end of the day. But I think anytime you have two legs like this, uh, home and away, and you do the aggregates, I I don't know that there's I don't know that I'd ever say that uh, the better team loss in a, in a sense when you have uh, when you've got two legs like that. So, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say, yes, the better team won. Um, but I will also follow that up with. I think overall as a whole, they were outplayed by Bayern. OK, JC, what are your thoughts on that? Did the best team advance in this one. Um, I, I have to you know, say yes. And, and kind of like what James is saying, I'll caveat that uh, with the idea that, and I've kind of been saying this on Twitter, I think that we just watched the Champions League final. Like these are by far the best two teams in Europe that just went at it. Um, and yeah, you have to take your chances. I think Bayern sent a blitzkrieg of goals and attacking force PSG's way and fortunately, um, the PSG defense held up um, as best that they could. Um, so I do think that they they deserve to go forward. Kudos to Bayern, uh, but it's interesting, very interesting time. Very interesting, and and I had tweeted that I thought that this was really a Champions League final. Everyone neutrals were saying that. 
this level of play from these two teams was far beyond anything that we've seen in this competition. We've seen, you know, that performance Real Madrid put in against Liverpool in the first leg. That was that was nice. But, like, for both teams to play like that, uh, it was pretty phenomenal. Um, and a lot of neutrals liked it. Whereas me, I was, like, trying to find any excuse not to watch the game, especially that last 15 minutes where I was just – I don't even have any fingernails left. I was biting them. And it was – hella nervous for me and, and i was just glad that psg were able to to get through that game um as far as do i think the better team won yeah and i, I think you know people do talk about that xg and all that but at the end of the day football comes down to goals you know you don't win because you have more possession it's nice to have that but it doesn't always matter so um yeah i think psg went on the road and scored three goals i think that alone makes them the better team um, i do want to talk more about that opening 45 minutes because Neymar especially was just sensational. Um, do you think that, you know, in that type of performance that is that the type of performance that supporters have been looking for since Mbappe and Neymar joined in 2017 in a big Champions League night, your superstars both show up. They're put, they didn't score any goals, but they are hitting the crossbar, hitting the post. Mbappe was just on the edge of offsides. I mean, I thought both of them were just sensational. JC, we can start with you. Is this the performance that you had been waiting for from those two players? Of course, you know it's funny that you mentioned the the Mbappe offsides because like when I went back and watched it, like he was on. Um, so that's just you know the refs doing what they do. But I think when you look at the career that uh, Neymar has had at PSG, all roads have been leading to this kind of performance. But there have been you know several mishaps that have occurred along the way, and. Once you get the right amount of chemistry going, which I think, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that, that component. But all of the things that were supposed to crystallize uh, for Neymar as a player are finally, finally happening. You know, we were just talking a year ago on whether or not he was going to go back to Barcelona and forcing a trade. You know, he has had to reimagine his game in accordance to how you play in Ligue 1. Like, this is not the same player from Barcelona that we're, that we're looking at. And so, you know, I think all roads were leading to this type of performance. He could have scored a hat trick, you know, you know, if not for a few chances bouncing off the crossbar and, and a few mishaps here and there. But the effort and the intensity that he put in, he put in a full shift. And that's all we ask for. And I think any PSG fan, even if we lose that 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 draw, you know, as long as you are putting forth that level of effort, there's something to be said about that. And I think everybody can get behind it. Well, we like to win, of course, uh, but it is it is how you win, and it is also how you lose. And I think just the the effort that I've seen from Neymar, um, we've been waiting a long time for this, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We've been waiting a long time for this. And even the most critical critics of Neymar really found it difficult to criticize him on that night. We will talk about one commentator. Oh, they found a way. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that. There was one that uh, went viral for some of his comments. Uh, we'll definitely talk about Mr. Carragher there. But uh, James Teague, wh what did you think about that opening 45 minutes, especially Neymar's performance in particular? Oh, I mean, I thought he was he was phenomenal. Uh, I thought that um, he was doing everything that 
you expect of him minus putting the ball in the net. Um, so for me, there is that little bit of a critique in, in, in that you know you're – we know that the back line is weak and or for, for that uh, match. I just wonder what our tone really would be. Like, yeah, sure, he was great. You know, a million-dollar move, 10-cent finishes sometimes. But if Byron puts in a second one, are we actually going to be like, oh, Neymar was great. This is everything we – we asked for him. It's, it's a shame that that Byron scored two. Or are we gonna be like, dude, you hit the you hit the crossbar twice, and then Mbappe slides one into you right in front of the goal, mm-hmm. and you couldn't get your foot on it. And we could be going through, but so you know, the, as much as I want to give him all the credit in the world for being phenomenal, showing that effort, being creative. I mean, he he was even level headed. Most of the time, with, with some of those hard challenges, we've seen him get up in, in players' faces. I think, I think there was a little bit of respect um, between him and and his opponents um, this time around. But I'm still waiting for a true takeover, much like Mbappe was in the first leg. I'm still wanting just a little bit more from from Neymar when we need it. So in this case, we didn't need it, but. Um, you know, if if we get down a goal by with City, you know, we're I'm gonna need Neymar to finish those those chances that he had, and even if it's one of the ones where uh, Mbappe's kind of screaming at him because he's like, "Yo, just lay it off to me," and I'm I'm putting this one in, and you know, I don't know if he saw him, I don't know if he just. Didn't think he had the angle. Um, Killian was upset. I wasn't too mad about it. I was like, "Hey, you know, you get let him let him cook if he wants to." But uh, you know that that's just where I'm at with with Neymar today. I, I really thought I thought he played a good game, but I know he's capable of more. Yeah, you raise a really good point. If, if Byron did score that second late in the game, would we be praising Neymar as much? You know, we kind of are critical of Bayern fans and Bayern defenders who are like, well, you know, XG, look how many goal scoring changes they created. But then if we're like, well, they didn't score, so it doesn't matter. Same thing with Neymar. Okay, he hit the post. He was great, all that, but he, he didn't score. And there's some crazy statistic. I'm sorry I don't have it available right this second, but he's kind of been doing this quite a bit in big Champions League games where he creates the chances, but he hits the post or he shoots wide. He's, he's really struggling to score right now in the Champions League. Are you guys concerned about that as we look ahead? Well, he, he had that, that one goal, I will say, against Atalanta where he, like, it was a header, right? And we needed that. And so he is, you know, someone who can deliver in those moments. I think the Bayern defense just, like, really put the clamps or didn't give him the angle. And a part of that is you have to be clinical in front of goal. Uh, but I, I do have to give him some grace because we dealt with Mbappe, you know, being out of form and not finishing his chances for damn near a whole year. You know, when, when Neymar was out and we're scrounging, trying to put away, you know, Man United in that horrible game, um, that was the time for Mbappe to shine. It was the Mbappe show and he didn't finish, but we gave him the grace. And now, He's all world class, right? And so it it does occur. Um, and I think just in terms of like what we would would we have killed him if Byron came back and scored a goal, 
This is what we do in sports. We play the results. This is what we've always done in sports. We always say, no matter what the result is, we favor that player based on that outcome. So yeah, if Neymar, you know, flubs all those chances and then Bayern comes back and scores three goals on us, of course we're going to be upset about it and say, oh, well, we could have done this, we could have done that. But we don't do that when we win. It's just a, that's just a sports thing. Um, and so I understand, you know, you do have to like take a little bit off of the top of uh, of, a, of an overall great performance um, in that you do need to finish your chances. So I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, he gets he gets like a eight, seven or a nine for <laughs> me, not a 10. You know, it's still a great game. I'll, I'll go with the eight, five. I'll go with the eight point five. You know, Cause I, I, I get you. I get you. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we're joined by the one and only Carl Oscar Kalstrom. Thanks for joining us a little bit late, but better late than never. Um, I was just asking uh, the two Jameses here. I was asking them about Neymar's performance and Mbappe's performance in that opening 45 minutes. And uh, James uh, Teague made the good point that would we be praising Neymar and his performance if Byron did get that second goal? Because he didn't capitalize on those chances that he created. Do you have anything you want to uh, just uh, as we round out that topic? Do you want to comment on that at all? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, we got can you, you loud and clear. Yeah, great. Uh, it's always hard because uh, you you had two similar performances in the knockout stages last season, right? Mm -hmm. uh, at Atlanta and Leipzig, he missed a few chances, but he played great in both games, if I remember correctly. It's always hard to sort of. Uh, just sort of sort, sort of thing, performance versus finishing, because on the one hand he, he wouldn't have had those chances at all if he wouldn't be playing great. He created most of those uh, opportunities for himself. Um, but in the long term, you need someone who finishes those cha those chances. And I'm personally of the belief that uh, sort of finishing for top players, finishing goes sort of. Uh, it's, it's, it's m m much is up to chance and small, small margins. It could be a, a patch of grass and the sort of in, in the wrong place and the ball jumps up or whatever. So in, in the long term, that kind of stuff uh, sort of evens out for the most part. He, he was the best. I mean, Di Maria was great as well, uh, but he, he was probably the best football player on the pitch. Yes, he missed his finishing, but... Yeah. That stuff happens, and I'm of the belief that it's evens out in the end. Yeah. He was uh, a man of the match. He was named man of the match. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for me or officially? I think officially. Yeah, he had the he had the trophy and all. Yep. <laughs> um, so everyone, obviously, we started out. We wanted to talk about the offense and the two superstars, but we got to talk about the defense, which I thought was incredible, despite the goal uh, that we allowed to um, uh, Chupa Moting unfortunately, former player there. But I want to talk about, we need to give some love to Idrissi Gay, Danilo, Dagba, the rest of the defensive yes. crew. Uh, yes. JC, dive in on that. How the hell did, did this group of backups, third stringers, hold Bayern to only <laughs> one goal? Oh, man. A thing of beauty. You know, I think, and as history has sort of played itself out over the last few years, the teams with the most depth seem to do a lot better as you go through Champions League. And we have a lot of depth, finally. 
Idrissa Gay is, what is he, 31, 30, 30 years old? Um, and so, so, you know, the, the level that he has played, I haven't seen that since a few years ago when we played Real Madrid in the round of 16. Yeah, he's, uh, he's 31. He was, update. Okay, yes, 31. And um, just the shift that he put in, the level of confidence. I mean, there was a point in time in this match where PSG were mainly playing out of their own half, and no one folded. Like, there were interwoven passes between players and just sheer confidence, and he was leading that charge. Colin Dagba, I don't know what happened between the last leg and this leg, but this kid somehow found the confidence to stand up tall on the wing of death. Like, that first leg, he was trying as hard as he could. And I appreciate the effort. But I guess Poach talked to him, or someone did, because his entire mentality just shifted. And I will say that is a part of the the overall coaching strategy of Poach uh, in that second leg. Because in the first, he was left out on an island against Coman, and he was getting ripped to shreds. And he was very uh, in control, I'll say, and making the right moves at the right time. Even when he got on the card, I was expecting um, Pochettino to, to pull him, but he stayed and he played and he stood tall. And Europe is watching. Europe sees that. And there's not a lot of uh, young, competent fullbacks that can play at that level. And, you know, he really stood tall in a moment where we needed him most. Uh, and so I, you know, I tip my hat to both of those guys. I think even Kempembe, like all of the flubs and issues and mental errors and demons that he's been fighting, he's been exercising all of them this run, you know, even to the fact of like losing Marquinhos, like that's your right hand guy and you're still standing tall, no flubs. No errors, no errant goals at the last second. Everyone is starting to realize what kind of team they need to be in order to execute at the highest level. And I appreciate the maturity that I'm seeing from all of these players in spite of having some of your stars out. You know, Variety would have been really helpful had he not had COVID. Somebody please get him a vaccine immediately. <laughs> He's had it like um, four times. So that... So that we have all of our stars. Yeah. This is literally one of the first times where we're going this deep into the competition where we more or less will have all of our players. That's important, especially against the side against like a side to the likes of City. So with all of that being said, you know, props to Gay and props to Dad, but they really uh, they really stood tall. Let's wrap uh, let's wrap Gay in some bubble wrap. He doesn't need to play any league games. We can just have him for Champions League. He doesn't. He doesn't need to do anything else. Was it you? On the side. Was it was it you or someone else that tweeted about Leonardo or somebody wanted to send Idrissa Gay off to Newcastle on loan, or maybe it was another contributor or something like that. So that was a really good decision not to do that because he was huge in this game. Absolutely critical. Um, James Teague, what did you think about the defensive efforts? Um, to um, JC's point with Dagba, you know, he had that really serious knee injury. What was it last January, something like that, in a Coupe de France match or something like that? He went down. And he's he was out for a long time, and yeah, I don't know where he found this confidence. 
we needed him and he's stepped up. It's just been brilliant. I mean, do you have any thoughts just overall on the whole defensive unit? Yeah, um, they, they proved me wrong. Um, I, w- the whole game, I was just waiting for, I was waiting for the dam to break and uh, for Mbappe or uh, or Neymar to have to come save us. Um, so, you know, hats off to them because I, I really didn't, I didn't trust them. I mean, I, I don't know if they, do they have two on them? I don't know. You know, um, can they do it again? I won't say no, but I would still be just as nervous if we were in the position again and we had to had to run the match back. But um, they got the job done and they looked good doing it. I mean, the the uh, the Chupo goal was unfortunate. Um, I mean, we see we're every. It seemed like everything on the pitch was wet. People were just falling over all, all the time. So you know, and I look at that and I'm like, okay, you know. You see Dagba ends up getting a yellow card. Uh, I don't think it was intentional. I think he was just – he had the effort, and he literally just couldn't stop. Uh, and then there's many other times where uh, I think he fell over in the box once and Kempembe came over to cover him or Danilo or somebody. Uh, so I'm, I'm watching it as like, all right, when is it that they're going to get in the box and we just have somebody just fall over? and handball or goal or something. And the fact that that didn't happen and that I thought that we were basically sound uh, for most of the game. And we, we I, there were times where we were a little frustrated where we were trying to seem to play out the back instead of just clearing it, just booting it somewhere else. Uh, I thought we were getting a little too cute uh, sometimes. But overall, I thought it was good. They, they surprised yeah. me, hold them to one goal. I really thought this was going to be I I had it 2-1 um to start but you know I'll I'll take a I'll take a 1-0 if that's all you need to get through. Yeah, as PSG fans we've kind of become conditioned to expect the worst a, a handball in the box or someone going down a soft penalty being given in the stoppage time or something like that and so it didn't happen this time carl uh, I, we no one's really talked about him but i think we need to lump him in here keeler navas once again stepping up he made a couple of really crucial saves i thought he was you know commanding in the box and wasted a little bit of time there at the end too which is always nice to see to, just to get out oh, of definitely there. veteran move <laughs> veteran move you know it's gamesmanship nothing wrong with that um carl what do you think about the defensive efforts last night it was great collectively it was great compared to last uh week where i thought the collective defensive effort wasn't up to what we've seen under the tupelera uh, which was I mean, uh, I'm probably on board of seeing Tuchel is right now the best or second best defensive manager in Europe. Uh, but I haven't seen that so far from Pochettino. I think um, PSG have looked more fragile offensively as a unit. We haven't looked at the blocks have been as tight with much more space in behind defense and midfield. This game, we got back to some of that Tuchel era. Um, defensive stability and credit goes to Pochettino for that um, it was very well coached game everyone was in their positions um, defensively and that helped that that, that aided uh, Idrissa Gay to actually play the game that he did 
that was I don't know if you re- remember watching Leicester in the 2015 2016 or in, in in the Premier League campaign that they won. This was like watching uh, Ingolo Kanté in, in in that campaign. He was everywhere. He was drawn to the ball, uh, and they're not too dissimilar as players. I mean, Idris Agüero was almost uh, almost always uh, the second the, the player with the second most defensive contributions in the when he played for Everton behind Ingolo Kanté uh, in the Premier League. So they are not uh, they're not as dissimilar as players, uh, but in general, just a collective, very, uh, very good effort from everyone, in- including Kiro Navas. Mm-hmm. He of course didn't have as much to do given that PC had. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm of the belief that's why he didn't shine as much as maybe Neuer. Neuer was brilliant yesterday. He was so annoying to play against because, I mean, it must be so frustrating frustrating for an attacker to play, to get played in uh, one-on-one and then he's just inches away from your face in the, in the second and takes the ball from you. Uh, so no, no, it was great. But then, and I was had a basically a flawless game. Uh, he just didn't have as much to do as last game, fortunately. Yeah. But great defense effort from everyone. Uh, Di Maria is so fun watching Di Maria play defense because he he tries, he commits <laughs> the tackles, yeah. but he doesn't really know how to. Uh, um, so yeah, he, he throws his body on, uh, in front of the, the attacker. But uh, yeah, but overall, a great defensive effort. Absolutely, yeah. In last season under Tuchel, I thought that PSG, maybe even statistically, were the best defensive team in the Champions League. Rarely gave up any goals and you know saw in the final one nil to Bayern arguably the best team in, in Europe so it, it was nice to see a return to that and so um with Idrissa Gay stepping up he was phenomenal um and now we're going to get Marquinhos back he should be able to play in the next tie in the semifinals which we'll talk about at the end of the show so we're getting we're getting our guys back we're getting stronger at the right time um Carl you mentioned a little bit about Tuchel and, and Pochettino and that's where I want to go next what did you think of Pochettino's tactics in this one, especially in that opening 45 minutes where PSG were aggressive, whereas, you know, in that second leg against Barcelona, they kind of sat back and just invited all that pressure. A little bit different this time. And what do you think about his decision uh, to not play Florenzi and Verratti, who were both left on the bench? I thought that was uh, really good. Save those guys. You didn't need them. We still able to advance. They didn't pick up any silly red cards or yellow cards or anything like that and, and get injured. And then I guess the last part of this question I want to ask is, do you think Tuchel would have beaten Bayern if he was still manager? So, um, JC, we can start with you again. <laughs> um, the, the last part of that question, it, it caught me off guard. Hell no, he wouldn't have beat Bayern. <laughs> um, you, have to, you have to score goals to, to beat a team. You have to go and attack to beat a team. So, no. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that... The first 45, um, we showed a really strong attack. Like, putting that triple goal aside, um, we had some really good looks and some some great opportunities. And if I'm not mistaken, we started to play a bit of a higher line ourselves, which is, like, a bit interesting when you have these two teams kind of, like, playing that game, and it's sort of like a cat and mouse, like, who's going to flinch first? Um, I think they're were less chances for Bayern because we were a bit more on the front foot. Not too much because Bayern was still kicking our heads in. 
Um, but there was a little bit more of an attacking presence. And, um, and I think our defenses started to shore up a little bit more, especially on that left side of the pitch where you have Davies and you have Coleman. Just like that, <laughs> that tag team should not be legal in, in sports. Um, but we were able to crack that code finally, which was, you know, Davies is going to sprint to get to Coleman and he's going to give him the ball. At which point it will be a 1v1 situation, which will then be followed by a cross into the box or some sort of pass into a midfield player. So you need to double up on Coleman as he starts to get, get to the ball. As we started to do that, they had to then lob the ball over to Sané and get him involved. He was a ghost all game. I think he had one, one good look at, at the goal, but he was mostly a ghost. But forcing him to get more active into the match, I feel, was a tactic of coach. Um, because I do think Gnabry is a little bit better than him, but he's like Sané is no slouch. Um, but I think all of these things occurred um, over the course of these two legs where there was no way that I felt that they were going to get as that Bayern was going to get as many shots at the goal as they did the last time. There was just there was no way because we were sitting back a little bit more in that first leg. Whereas, again, with this one, we were on the front foot. Our midfield was very, very good um, just in terms of the ability to string passes together. There were some of those passes along the uh, along the edge of the touchline where I'm just like, okay, the ball is definitely going out. And then, nope, goes between someone's legs, spins around. Di Maria spun a few players around. I'm like, wow, this is what it's supposed to feel like when your team is good. So I, I just hope that this wasn't a fluke. You know, I think PSG has this thing where they sort of rise to meet that challenge. And then they'll go right back into the regular league or the, the league on and get blown out by some random team. So I hope that we can maintain this level of excellence because it was really refreshing to see, you know, and kudos to Bayern. Like, I think if we play another leg, like they win that one, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, it was a heavyweight, it was a heavyweight uh, slugfest for sure. That's a good way to phrase it. I don't know if you guys caught ESPN FC here in, in the States, but Greg Burley's picking PSG as, as his favorite now in the tournament because it was two heavyweights and now there's only one left. And so City, we'll get to them. That's PSG's next uh, opponent. They're, they're no slouches either, um, but it, it'll be interesting to see Pep versus Poch. You know, they've gone up against each other in the Premier League. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But James Teague, I wanted to, to ask you, touch on, you know, Florenzi and Verratti leaving them on the bench? Were you like the rest of PSG Twitter screaming, bring Verratti on now? Or were you like, hey, let's hold on. Let's save him. Let's wait. You know, what was your feelings about that? Um, my, I was more of the, you know, I'd like to see him, but, you know, ultimately it's a culture decision here. Like, I, I don't know what he looked like in training. If, if you're going to get a 50% Verratti, like, you're not, you're not doing anybody any favors. Um, you know, so I, I thought maybe at the towards the end of the game uh, they were going to bring him in, but then I really started to think about it. it's like, look, Variety needs eight seconds in order to pick up a yellow, so maybe maybe like if if you're doing this well, like was like what what does he add? Uh, do do you need him right now? Uh, and it turned out to be the the right decision, uh, I guess. Um, 
or at least an okay decision. I won't say the right one because, I mean, things definitely may have changed had Verratti um, gotten out there. But, you know, I wasn't necessarily clamoring for him. It was just like, you know, I'd like to see him. But we were doing well. And if he's not fit, then, you know, don't take the risk if you if you don't think that you, you needed to. So, um, you know, I guess hindsight is twenty twenty, But, you know, good call, I suppose, on uh, on not playing him. Yeah. But – from the beginning, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that variety mu- was a must to be out there. Yeah, that's a good point, um, Carl. What did you think? You already touched on it a little bit, but do you want to maybe answer the question in regards to Tuchel? Would he have beaten Bayern over two legs and advanced past them, or do you think Pochettino was able to bring something a little bit different? I mean, he would have a, the, the same chance as I believe uh, Poch would have. Uh, it's all. I mean, we were so close of going out. Like we could have just as well gone out. If we couldn't got it, they could have gotten a penalty, whatever. Uh, but I believe like Tuchel def- definitely has the have the skills as a manager, one of the best tacticians out there. Um, best, as I said, probably one of the absolute best defensive coaches in the world. Um, and we, we could have won that final if Mbappé or Neymar would have scored a, a goal. And I, and I believe we did better in the final than we did in the first leg performance. I agree. So, so I mean, and we just got more lucky with the finishing. Uh, so no, no posh disrespect here in my uh, in uh, in my house. And no, I'm sorry, no two for disrespect. Uh, but no, no posh disrespect disrespect either for that matter. He was great. And I believe he will be great when he once he has uh, gotten his sort of uh, stamp down on the team with the transfer window and such. But just uh, commenting on on the tactics, whatever sort of lineup you choose, you will always have have to take risks in some areas. You always have the same amount of players uh, ask your opponent and you will have to leave spaces or... You will have to make sacrifices offensively, offensively, defensively, whatever. Um, Pochettino's risk was with the fullbacks. They were mostly isolated. He wanted to really crowd that center, uh, central, those central areas uh, with, so, with with Paredes and Gay. So uh, Kimmich and Alba couldn't get too much space with the ball in front of our back line. So the fullbacks were often quite isolated. And luckily that paid off because uh, all three of our Fullbacks that that later played did very well one on one. Both uh, Kuman and Sane are very good one on one attackers, but Diallo was unbreakable in the first first half. Dagba, I mean, I tweeted, I, I'm of the opinion yeah. that he isn't a brilliant fo- footballer. He's a great guy, but I've seen him seen seen him play in 50 odd games, and he's never played a, even close to this level. Uh, and and Coman couldn't get past him. Neither could uh, Davies. And Bakker, yeah, uh, yeah, Mitchell Bakker did get Sonny did get past him on one or two occasions. But as I said, Sonny is one of the best attackers ever. But uh, no, ever. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> one of the best attacker, one on one one attackers in the world right now. Um, so I mean, that's gonna happen. Anyways, um, I think. Concerning sort of the overall picture of the game, at least the first half, you had uh, Bayern applying much, much less, less pressure uh, when PC were in possession, which made it easier for for PC to play, so more, have more control of the game. 
relative to the first game, Paredes in there was a huge help uh, in, in possession, being able to have a better close control uh, than the players who played in the first leg and playing better passes between the lines. Uh, and that's going into the Verratti question. I'm not sure you needed him tactically. You had good passing from Verratti. Gay was passing very well. Um, and then you had great press avoidance from Di Maria. That's one was one of his sort of key uh, his key contributions to this game. He got the ball. He held on to the ball. Let PSU breathe. Got away from defenders. Spun Davis like four times. Um, and that is so crucial. And that is normally what Verratti does. He holds onto the ball, makes a quick quick feint, and then he's past. Uh, his presser, uh, but we had other players doing that, so I know tactically we probably didn't need Verratti, and that's why he didn't get subbed on. Um, as well, taking his uh, sort of his tendency to get yellow cards and missing the potential semifinal first leg, uh, and he's probably not fit. I mean, he he's probably at like 60%. Do you really want to risk putting a 60% Verratti on? What if you just isn't up to, to the standard you need, then you need to, you, you can't sell him off. I mean, he's probably not going to be bad, but not, not worth the risk. And I'm pretty sure it's the same thing with Florenzi. I mean, Dagba was playing good. Uh, Florenzi maybe wasn't ready. No. That's sort of yeah. It's great that we were able to, to save them. Um, all right, guys, this is this next topic. Kind of want to just open discussion, chime in. If you have something to say, if you want to react to something. So the first 30 minutes here of this show was kind of like a warm-up. Now I want you guys to go in on this next topic. Jamie Carragher. And and Carl, I don't know if you've seen the clips <laughs> or anything like that over there, um, but hopefully you have. So Have you seen my Twitter? I've been I've been screaming about it all day. Okay. So. All right, this is good. All right. Bring bring yeah. that heat right now. So let me just so if someone's out there hasn't seen it or heard about it, um, he's on Paramount Plus. He he was doing the post-game show and um, I kind of wish they had our friend Jonathan Johnson who works for them on instead. But basically what Carragher, he, he made the comment that at Neymar and Mbappe, their quality is too great for them to be at PSG and playing in the French League. He said that they're only there for money, but also there to win the Ballon d'Or, which is kind of a strange thing. When pressed by Kate Abdo uh, about Bayern Munich and how they win their league all the time, uh, Carragher said, well, you know, they're a big club and they're historically great and PSG are not a big club. There's a whole lot of nonsense in his in his comments, and a few people I saw in other English shows backed him up. And so I can kind of kick this one off with my thoughts, and then you guys just whoever wants to talk first, just jump in there. But um, basically, you know, we know that City has advanced, but if they don't win the Champions League, their season is pretty much deemed a failure. They they're kind of like PSG, even though they're in the Premier League. Premier League is second; it's a nice consolation prize, but really they want to win the Champions League. Um, and that's the, the big prize. So it, what does it matter if you play in France or England or Germany or whatever? You know, Neymar, we know, has won La Liga with Barcelona. Do we really think that he wouldn't dribble circles around defenders at Southampton, for example? Do we think that Mbappe, who will likely leave at some point, that he wouldn't boss whatever league that he's in? I just think it's a it's a poor argument from Carragher. It's He doesn't watch the French League. He has no idea what he's talking about. He probably doesn't even know that Lille is, is in the lead and PSG have eight losses this season in, in the league. So... Completely false. Neymar is not here for the money, although I'm sure that helps. But he's here to win the Champions League, which is what all great footballers and are based on and judged on, and to eventually win the Ballon d'Or. So those are my thoughts. 
I'm gonna throw it out there to you guys. Jump in and go in on this guy. Can I start, guys? Yeah, go for it. All right. So I'm really not going to try to get political on this too much, at least. But what I see when I hear mostly British people talking about, let's be honest, it is sort of a British kind of football supremacy kind of thing. They they do not know anything. They do know, they know very little of continental European football. Let's be honest. They, they, they wouldn't be able to name all the 20 teams in either of the top four leagues. They don't know anything. And then they're supposed to sort of just spout out absolute BS and sort of j- just go on on this sort of myth about the Premier League being the greatest league ever. The, no, no other league, league come close to it. It's just absurd. And I'm... I actually think sort of the the football community online is catching up. I, I've seen far less of the just farmers league comments. I English fans are actually sort of getting the heads up, like, come on, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, it, it's so frustrating because it's disrespectful, honestly. To, you to, have, to your point, yeah. just real quick about the the um, the British, and they don't think there's anything outside of England in terms of football. Harry Kane, who has said he wants to leave Tottenham, he's already ruled out. I'm not going to PSG. Doesn't want to play in France. And it's like, okay, you didn't even let. Who asked him? Right. I mean, maybe PSG doesn't want you, but like, we're one of the biggest teams in the world. You get Champions League football. You might actually win a trophy. Why wouldn't you at least, if PSG wanted you, why wouldn't you at least listen to our pitch? You just I, immediately, I, I can't play there. I can't. Like, Harry Kane has not been relevant since Christian Eriksen was feeding him 50 goals a season. Like, let's stop. They can't even win Europa League. Okay, like, what are you talking about? You know, it, it, it's, it's foolishness. And my thing is, somebody beat Bayern. Someone else didn't. Someone else beat Barcelona. Someone else didn't. That was us. Proof is in the pudding. We're two matches away from going back to a final. So, I mean, we can, we can, we can talk about who can go where and, and whatever, but the, the reality is PSG is a top-flight team. There's nothing that's going to change that. The DNA has already been embedded there, whether Mbappe stays or not. If Mbappe leaves, do you think we're not going to get someone else? Do you think he's going to leave for zero dollars? No, it's going to be a bidding war which will then allow other players who have great talent to come to PSG. The fact of the matter is this guy sat up on a set embroidered with Champions League regalia and tried to make the case like, oh, well, Champions League is not really that much. I mean, I know I'm working for (laughs) CBS. And like, what are you talking about? I would much rather you just say, hey, I don't like PSG. That's fine. But sit there and call the match. Yeah. That's all I care about. And like, would Neymar really be own... better off at Manchester United now, given all their issues? I mean, look at Liverpool. Who? Just yeah, Manchester United. They're historically great, but who the hell was the... or Arsenal? Who? Should Mbappe go to Arsenal? They're historically oh, boy, great. <laughs> Manchester United don't spend money. No, that's why they're horrible. Nottingham Forest. Twenty-two. Yeah. yeah, Nottingham Forest. Uh, James T, you want to jump in here? Can you hear me? I got you. Oh, no, we, we don't have – we got a uh, – James Teague, your mic isn't working. Let's oh. – uh, oh, we got you. My bad. No, you're good. Go for it. I, I said no, not really because, um, you know, this is this is a waste of my time. Like, who – why is he – I don't – I just don't understand 
at all. Like I get the yeah, the the British always think they are better uh, at whatever than whoever. I mean, we we saw this with the World Cup. Remember bringing bringing football home or whatever, and it's like okay, but um, remind me which country had the best players that won the World Cup again. Um, and I think a lot of those players play in 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 Ligue 1 or have at least at one point. So yeah, they like, up, yeah, it's I think it's a lazy argument. It's um, a I I'm going to use the dictionary definition of prejudiced argument, not, you know, not necessarily a racial thing, but just that. Yeah, sure. You don't like French football. Who cares? Um, we don't like you either, I but guess. Like, it's fine. True. <laughs> yeah. And, and, he, and, and he's asked? a. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he just kind of went on this tangent. But if you look at his former team, Liverpool, you know, Mane came up through Ligue 1. Um, I think they've got a few other players, don't they, who come up through um, Fabinho, right? He was at Monaco. I'm just looking through their roster right now. So they've got a, a couple of players. Origi, I believe he was at Lille. they got a few players who got their start in the French League and are now performing for his team. So you would think he would give them a little bit more credit, but... His comments were just so ridiculous. Carl, do you want to – I think I cut you off earlier. Do you want to wrap up your thoughts on this topic? Uh, I'm not even sure. I mean, I'm, I'm just tired of the unprofessionalism within punditry. Uh, just as a, I'm, I, know, I know I'm going away from PSG, but uh, there are so many knowledgeable people uh, when it comes to football nowadays that get their voices from places like this. I mean, we, we have a great little community, and we have – so many great, interesting voices. We don't always agree, but we use factual arguments mostly, uh, and we have discussions. But they do—they bring old, on old players who make no effort of learning what they're talking about. I mean, I'm more prepared for this, for this podcast than Jamie Carragher was. was and, we, and we appreciate to. that. And I was playing board games for two hours before this. <laughs> so I mean. I don't know what he was doing, but he wasn't watching football. We just don't have uh, the right. We don't have the right accent, and and let's just make sure we say no one is saying the French league in terms of talent and competitiveness or whatever marketing is on the same level as the Premier League. But to just dismiss it and say, oh, Neymar and Mbappe are just there for the money, that's not true. This is Mbappe's hometown. Well, even team. if they were just there for the money, who cares? I'm yeah. at my job for money. <laughs> that's right. We all are. are you is he not sitting in that seat for money or is he doing it because he he loves Champions League football so much? You know Apparently he's cashing not. his checks. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah, he doesn't think the Champions League is that big of a deal. Um yeah, shocking comments. Which is there. weird. Yeah. Being employed by them. I also and I wanted to touch on this. Um and I don't know if you guys saw this that I I got really, really uncomfortable because Kate, uh, the host of the show, she was kind of pressing him on this and then he fired back and was like what was psg's result you know at the weekend what was the score who scored and it makes me really uncomfortable to see a man like questioning a woman who is absolutely qualified and knows football and is probably 10 times smarter than he is it made me really uncomfortable watching that as he was like oh you think you're so smart what is the score on the weekend it's a very dismissive way to yeah. talk to her and it made me uncomfortable to be honest yeah that's really disrespectful you know yeah so yeah. i i think we we've touched on mr Carragher long enough um we're actually recording this in the game between dortmund and manchester city just wrapped up uh manchester city 
move on. 4-2 on aggregate. So it's going to be City, PSG, El Plastico, as they call it on Twitter. Um, any initial thoughts? Anyone want to jump in? Is it the, the game that you wanted to see? I mean, we've got, we knocked off Barcelona, knocked off Bayern Munich. What the hell? Let's do it to City next. And they didn't look that convincing, I didn't think, um, against um, Dortmund. So anyone want to comment on what they think is going to happen in this next round? Uh, you got to go the long way. Yeah. We got to go the long way. If we're going to, like, and we said this last year, like, if we're going to win this thing, there's going to be no easy rounds. We're going to go the long way. We're going to have a bunch of injuries. We're going to have a bunch of folks out. We're going to have to grind and get this thing out of the mud. And I'm fine with that because along the way, we're shutting up a lot of people. I don't want to hear any more Lionel Messi talk. It's done. I don't want to hear Rematada. It's done. You lost. You haven't been relevant since Neymar was there and he left. Okay. Bayern, great team. You lost. Go sit down. Who's next? All right, we'll knock them off too. I'm fine with it. I want this mm -hmm. uh, Champions League Cup to be defined by the road less traveled. Yeah. We didn't skip any teams. We didn't take any shortcuts. I don't want to hear, oh, well, they faced Atlanta this a week. So I don't want to hear any of that. Yep. I want us to face all of the hard teams and beat them because we can. We have the talent to do so. And again, the teams who have the deepest bench tend to win Champions League. We have it. And you're already you don't seeing... win the Champions League, you know, do you I I want them to come through the front door if if you're gonna win if they're gonna win it, you know. Um it, having to knock off the teams that are uh I mean, in a perfect world, we play Barcelona, we beat Bayern, we beat Man City, and then somehow Real Madrid is there at the end, and and you beat them too, and then all you got to say is what's up. Like it, it, yeah. there, there's no, there should be no debate. There will be, but there should be none after that. There, we didn't have a Porto or Chelsea or a or a Dortmund or. Mm -hmm. I don't even know who, who. You could argue it's one of the best Champions League runs of all time if if they cap it off. Um, it, it just would be phenomenal. Yeah. And, and um, you, you're right. You, last season, people kind of, oh, you had Atalanta. It was one game. It wasn't like a real Champions League. So it's almost in a way kind of good we didn't win that because I don't think we would have gotten the respect. But now you're seeing, other than Jimmy Carragher, a lot of pundits out there. We talked about Craig Burley earlier picking PSG. You're seeing that respect now. They're like, Oh shit, PSG are for real. That was a fantastic, high-quality game they played against uh, Bayern Munich. And so you're, you're starting to see that respect. And if you can take out City, more respect. And people are starting to put PSG on that um, upper echelon of clubs. Um, Carl, what do you think about City? Are you looking forward to this one? Uh, I, I'm probably of the opinion that City, across the season, has been the most consistent best team if that's a sentence uh, I mean they have been the best team across the whole season um, they're most unchanged from their pre-COVID team I believe every every big team has had problems with sickness with injuries with uh, sort of tight tight playing schedules uh, but I, I, I'm of the opinion that City has been uh, the best team in Europe across uh, the season so I think it'll be a tough game this is a, I believe, is the second time they go to the semifinals. I think the first one is when they beat us in the quarters, 
when Laurent Blanc played that three-back uh, formation right. in 2016, I think. Uh, so they have been here before. They haven't been here for a while. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. It will be a tough game. I'm more confident now than I was before either of the uh, either of the um, round of 16 or quarterfinal legs. Uh, Mbappé and Neymar has finally started to play well together in big European games. I don't believe that that has happened before. We haven't seen both of them play really well in consecutive games together before. We have seen them play individually great, but not as a sort of front two, front three with Di Maria kind of thing. Yeah. It will be tight. Uh, Phil Foden has been great. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna he be actually just tweeted Kylian yeah. Mbappe saying, are you ready? <laughs> so I got a Kylian Mbappe hat. Do not poke the bear. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that, that feels like a friendly thing, right? I mean, yeah. uh, he seems like a of good course, guy. Of course. Yeah. It, it's not, you know. Hey, uh, I don't know. Jordan used to make up stuff to make him mad all the time. This could be one of those, one of those things. Mbappe is very yeah. Jordan-like. He, he His competitive drive is unbelievable. Um, this one's going to be... Oh, go ahead, Carl. Was that you? Are we talking... Sorry, I'm just... I don't know anything about <laughs> basketball, but we are talking about Michael Jordan, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> is there is there a player on City? We talk about Foden, and, and he's definitely has a lot of potential. Is there a player for me? It would be Kevin De Bruyne that you are worried that PSG are not going to have an answer for. The, the, the best the best player on the on their team. Foden is no uh, De Bruyne. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he's, he's probably the best. I mean. Uh, unless you can't form, I mean, he's overall the best player in the Premier League for me. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Raheem Starling, he could be a problem. Um, I mean, 18. Yeah, Sergio Aguero, you know, older, but I think he still has some quality left there. Uh, it's all about, you know, Pep, you know, his tactics and how does Pochettino line up against him. Um, we'll have, you know, a lot more to say about this one. We'll preview it. Um, but it's just interesting that, you know, it's going to be City. We get to answer all the critics, knock out another big team. Um, I'm just looking over here real quick before we get out of here, if we had any questions. Um, it looks like at Dimitri underscore do underscore Sud asks, what's going to happen to Idrissa Gay now that Verratti is back? If he plays number 10, someone is going to have to go on the bench. Who, in your opinion, would that be? We talked about how great Gay was, but if Verratti comes back in, maybe is it Paredes or Idrissa Gay? Do you kind of lean one way over the other? Anyone want to answer that one? Drexler played uh, quite deep. Sorry, is it right if I answer? Yeah, yeah uh, Drexler played uh, quite deep uh, today. So uh, we almost had a four-three-three at times. At times, uh, for four-two-three-one. Uh, so I probably think Gay will be paired with Paredes and Verratti, sort in that auxiliary role between attacking midfield and midfield. Uh, I believe that's the best thing uh, in the end. Having uh, Gay sort of chasing the ball. Um, and hunt, hunting the opposition down, having Paredes just, just, just ahead of your back line, just spreading balls, and then Verratti sort of in a free roll. Uh, I believe that's the optimal way to set it up. And then Di Maria, uh, Neymar, and Hugo mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. What to do with Patrice uh, Gay and Verratti? Yeah. I'll be interested to see Verratti's form. Um, coming off of COVID because 
if keen is any indication on the effects of COVID and like kind of what it does and how you now have to sort of ramp yourself up, um, you know, I'll be curious to see just just how how he's recovered um, after being off for, for quite some time. Uh, additionally, I, I don't know. I think depending on how it goes, I might slot keen. I mean, excuse me, uh, gay in. Um, just to give you a bit of size in that midfield, standing up with Kevin DeBrona, like you, you're going to need some size. You're going to need a bit of strength. Um, and I, I feel like it, it'll be a chess match for sure, but it'll, it'll very, it might very well depend on that midfield, which decides this tie. Um, but I, I'll definitely need to see how variety looks first. Yeah. And who knows what injuries for both sides from now until. And I was just looking at the schedule. It looks like April 27th, Tuesday, um, PSG at home against City. And then May 4th will be PSG at uh, the Etihad. Um, James Teague, any idea, any thoughts on the, just that midfield battle? I think Verratti has to start, but what do you do with the other two players there? Um, you you kind of lean Idrissa Gay over Paredes? Uh, hit me back in two weeks. Whoever's the hot hand, like uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, we have seen, we've seen Gay at his best. Mm-hmm. We've seen him at his worst. Um, we've seen Paredes at his worst. You know, so y- you just gotta whoever's in form at the time. I think is the one is the one that's uh, the one that's got to be there. Whoever. Uh, isn't suspended, whoever doesn't have COVID, whoever can put on both boots without injuring themselves, you know, that I I don't know that I have one or the other that I would, I mean, maybe today, you know, you just say, yeah, you put, you put gay in there because he, he just looked phenomenal, but yeah, in 13 days, um, yeah. He might be putting a shirt on backwards because he can't he can't figure out what he's what he's supposed to be doing. So you know, I don't know. We do need to get Moise Keane. I think he's due for a big Champions League goal. He's such an incredible player. I want to mm-hmm. see more of him. He came on as a substitute uh, for uh, Draxler in the seventy third minute. I want to see more of him. Um, and we'll, we never know what's going to happen from now until we play City. But it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a little different, you know, being at home in the first like kind of changes your strategy a little bit. So we'll see what Pochettino can come up with. Um, guys, this show went by really quick. Uh, we're already at an hour. So let's just go around and um, let you guys share how people can find you on Twitter. James Teague, we can start with you. How can people interact with you? Yeah, my Twitter has changed. Uh, for for those who uh, are familiar with it already, it has changed to at BamaJ13. Shout out to to Ed and his, uh, and his Tennessee volunteers. <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking forward to American football season this fall. Um, let's go. Carl, how can people find you? Do you have your, your piece of paper? I don't have a piece of paper, but I wrote it down on my phone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah. that looks good. We got it. We got it. As my Twitter handle, you'll probably be able to find it. Yeah. Uh, um, find it in other places. Otherwise, you'll see me popping up. Uh, on Twitter, ranting about something unimportant, probably. So we need to do a, a podcast where we um, bring Carl up to speed on NBA basketball, college football. Oh yeah, you always chime in on when I make a reference. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> we can also do one on Swedish cross country skiing. I believe. Yeah, yeah. 
I, got, I meant I meant to tell you, I did go skiing for the first time. It was near the end of the season. I only fell down once. I was surprisingly good. So awesome. There we go. Love we'll, it. we'll have that on our skiing podcast. And then JC, how can people find you? Yeah, you can find me at it's underscore JCJ. Send your love. Don't send your hate. I will flame you up. <laughs> Not send your hate. <laughs> I will flame you. I'm gonna have to use that. That's great. Um, yeah, I'm always you can find me at PSG Talk. Um, we're everywhere. Um, check us out. We'll probably record on PSG's official Twitch channel, maybe this weekend, maybe on Monday um, after the match on Sunday. Um, we'll have a lot to talk about. We'll talk about Bayern Munich and, and all the, that goes into that. You might hear a lot of what we just said here. We may even have some of the same guests. We will find out, but definitely still check us out over there on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, all right, guys, with that, we'll let everyone go. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone.